stay tuned for Captain Tracy Began of the Living Beyond Pain podcast, produced by the Defense Health Agency. Welcome back to the Living Beyond Pain podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the impact of stress on how we experience chronic pain. I know our listeners are no stranger to experiencing stress in their daily lives, but when you have a chronic pain condition, it really can be amplified. Joining us today is Major Kara Cox Coleman. She's a clinical health psychologist completing her fellowship at Tripler Army Medical Center. Welcome, Major Kara Cox Coleman. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge and experience about stress and how it impacts our body. So imagine you feel great and you're getting ready for the day and all of a sudden you move just wrong and you experience a pain flare up. Now your thoughts start racing about all the things you have to do and how you're going to get through your day managing your pain. Can you tell us a little bit about when that happens, what's going on in our bodies when we're feeling those sensations? Yeah, that's a great example. We have a nervous system in our body. Um, There's several parts to that nervous system. One part of the nervous system is called our autonomic nervous system. And those nerves supply um, our internal organs like our blood vessels, our stomach, lungs, our heart, and our sweat glands, just to name a few things. When we experience a stress response, it impacts this particular nervous system. There are two parts to this nervous system. One is called the sympathetic nervous system, which is also known as our fight or flight system. And it can also be thought of as the accelerator in our body. The second system is called our parasympathetic system, which is also known as our rest, relax, and digest system. And this can be thought of as the break. So when we experience stress, that sympathetic nervous system, the button can get pushed to on, if you will, or that accelerator can get pushed down and it can get activated. And obviously, as the name suggests, fight or flight, it's preparing us to deal with stressful situations or emergent situations. And it does that by increasing our heart rate, increasing our respiration and our blood pressure. It moves blood from our extremities into our muscles. Um, It increases muscle tension. It also increases our sweat production and decreases our digestion, and as well as increasing our blood sugar levels. That's preparing us to fight or flight. The other piece is the parasympathetic nervous system, which controls kind of the ordinary everyday processes when we're just relaxing. And those, those processes can get muted when we're stressed out. So that takes care of things like decreasing our heart rate, decreasing our blood pressure, increasing our digestion, and decreasing our blood sugar levels. So again, when we're stressed, that first system, the, the accelerator, is active, and the second system, the, the brake, is a little bit less active. With chronic pain, or pain in general, that sympathetic nervous system gets activated and we can are kind of in this state of arousal and and that starts to become a problem when you're experiencing that more often than not and from what you're sharing with us when we're in that state of fight or flight that muscle tension can really increase that sensation of pain that patients might feel if they have a chronic pain condition yeah absolutely so Pain impacts a lot of areas of our lives. So when we look at chronic illness or chronic pain, 
we recognize that it impacts the way that we think about things, feel and behave, and that those experiences can intensify our pain experience. The flip side to that, though, is that the way that we think about things and behave around things um, and feel about things can increase that sympathetic nervous system response. So it can end up being this vicious cycle that really enhances or intensifies our pain experience. Something that some of my patients have shared with me is that they really do feel stuck in that cycle and they hear the word autonomic nervous system and they feel like they don't really have control over it. Well, I can't help it. It just automatically clicks on. But for patients that are experiencing chronic pain, just like you said, the the parasympathetic nervous system, there's actually tools we have that can help activate that parasympathetic nervous system. So it really is about being aware of those things. You know, am I starting to feel an increased heart rate? Am I noticing more muscle tension in my body? Okay, wait a second. That means that I'm feeling stressed out and I'm feeling that stress in my body and I'm having a reaction to it. So what are some things that our patients and our listeners can do to trigger their parasympathetic nervous system to to turn that stress response off, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. First of all, like you said, it's really important for patients and really for us all to be more aware of what's going on in our bodies um, and to pay attention to what's going on because we can't change what we don't recognize is going on. So beginning to get into a practice of just noticing what's happening inside your body is a great place to start. And once you notice what's going on, then you can kind of use some different techniques to help to increase that parasympathetic drive, if you will, like you said. So if you can practice counting to four on the inhale, saying pause to yourself, and counting to four on the exhale and saying pause to yourself, you end up getting um, a breath rate of, of about six breaths per minute, which really, again, reinforces that relaxation response. So could you walk us through that exercise for our listeners to experience now? Because like you said, it can seem so simple, but what would that look like? Can you guide me through that? Sure, absolutely. Let me do two things. The first is I recommend some apps If you have a smartphone, then there's a plethora of apps, but Tactical Breather is one app that we recommend, as well as Breathe to Relax. Um, And so those are both great if if you need a little bit of extra assistance or something to follow along with in terms of your breathing. If you are not an app person, that is totally fine. What I would recommend is laying down, putting your hand on your stomach or where your diaphragm is. So this is called deep breathing and not necessarily because of the the depth of the breath, but you're getting that breath down deep into um, your stomach as opposed to chest breathing. So you're just going to put one hand on your stomach, making sure that when you inhale, that hand is rising. And when you exhale, that hand is going down. And so, uh, again, I just recommend that you take an inhale, noticing how your breath feels going in through your nostrils and down the back of your throat, into your belly where your diaphragm is, and you count to four as you do that. And then just say pause to yourself in your head and begin to slowly exhale through your mouth, noticing what that feels like for that breath to escape and just count to four on the exhale and then say pause. And then I want you to repeat that. Now, 
Obviously, practicing this is going to be really important. When you're having acute pain flare-ups, it can be hard to get your breathing under control. And so practicing this a minimum of 20 minutes a day, we recommend just breaking it into um, some manageable sessions throughout the day so that it becomes part of your routine and part of your pain management plan. And just practicing that repeatedly so that you have it throughout the day and when you really need it. Those are some great resources that you mentioned with the tactical breather and the breathe to relax. We also have a mindfulness podcast that is being developed. There is some really great resources in our show notes that I would encourage our listeners to also check out and and see if they work. You brought up a really great point of it takes practice. It's not just a one time and that should make things better. It's really about developing that practice and being consistent. Yeah, absolutely. People that have chronic pain, they've they've been to a lot of practitioners and providers to try and fix their chronic pain. And really when it comes to chronic pain, we want people to remember that it may be a lifelong condition that you'll you'll want to gain mastery over. And part of gaining mastery over it is, again, becoming aware of what your body is doing and applying lots of different tools and techniques, giving them a, a fair chance, which means going home and practicing them to see if they work for you. Not everything works for everybody, um, but breathing and deep breathing in general works for most people because it really is impacting our physiology. Um, One of the other techniques that we talk to folks about is utilizing progressive muscle relaxation. Again, there are apps and scripts out there that can help you walk through that. But again, essentially, you're going to start at the top of your head, working your way down to the bottom of your feet, tensing, so holding tension and relaxing. Sometimes we forget what it feels like to be relaxed. And so we have to tense and relax to to kind of reset ourselves and reset our nervous system. Um, And again, that helps to increase the drive of our parasympathetic nervous system. One of those things, again, that you really want to go home and practice and make it part of your lifestyle, just like you would make nutrition, sleep and movement part of your lifestyle. Those are really great points, and I want to encourage our listeners to check out the other segments in the Living Beyond Pain series where we talk about mindfulness, we talk about sleep, and we also talk about movement and pacing and how, just like you said, those are really important aspects to integrate, that this is really a holistic approach. It's not just a a one-size-fits-all or just trying one thing. It's about really gaining that mastery and coming at your chronic pain from different angles so that our listeners can have more control and feel like they're in control of their lives versus their pain being in control of their lives. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about what the long-term health effects are if someone is in a sustained state of stress? Yeah, absolutely. So the most recognizable impact is a decreased uh, immune system. So people will notice that when they're under stress for long periods of time, they seem to perhaps get colds more frequently or, or flus more often. It also impacts your sleep. It can impact, again, blood pressure, cholesterol, all things that can become a chronic issue on top of an already chronic problem. And so unfortunately, that's what we see is that there are a lot of disorders that go hand in hand with each other. And part of that may be because 
that that fight or flight system is continuously being activated and ramped up um, and and without addressing it and um, spending a little bit more time in that rest, relax or digest system. Something that I've heard about stress quite a bit. And if you Google it, um, you know, stress, you you hear about the stress hormone cortisol. What does the impact of cortisol have on our bodies? So cortisol is great, right? When you're having, um, you're in an emergent situation and you need to get away, um, you need to fight. But cortisol is not great when it's constantly being produced in your body. I once heard it said that the overproduction of cortisol is like bathing your body in poison when it's being produced for long periods of time. And so again, all things in moderation can be helpful, but we want to be sure that when we don't need things like cortisol to be produced, that we're doing what we can do to decrease that. So for example, if I hear my alarm clock going off and I might feel like, oh no, I'm late, or I, I rush out of bed because maybe my alarm clock didn't go off and kind of that rush that we feel kind of that extra boost of, oh, I have to get going and I have to move fast. That's kind of an indication that there's some cortisol that might be pumping out in our body. Is, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Not necessarily anxious feeling in the way that we perhaps think about anxiety as a, a bad thing. But like you said, that that surge of energy or that, yeah, the surge of energy it could be an indication that not only cortisol, but other types of hormones are being produced in our bodies. Sometimes I think of it, and I've had it explained to me that it's kind of like when our bodies downshift to, to pass somebody. We need that extra boost to, to move ahead or, or to get where we need to go. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way of talking about that. And it's really kind of in keeping with our accelerator and brake analogy from earlier. But if, just like you said, if, if we have that sustained, right, and, and if you keep driving in that lower gear, you're, you're going to burn out. Yeah, that's one of the things that we find, right, is that increased fatigue. When it comes to the fight or flight response or that alarm response, your body can really only sustain that for a certain amount of time before it goes into exhaustion. Well, Major Karakox Coleman, thank you so much for sharing your, your knowledge and your experience with us and just giving our listeners some really practical tools on how we can flip the switch and, and turn on our parasympathetic nervous system and that relaxation response in our bodies. And again, for our listeners, I want to encourage you, check out the resources in our show notes. Just like you stated, the apps that we have with the tactical breather, the breathe to relax. There's also some great resources in the virtual Hope Box app. As we close out the show, are there any helpful tips that you want to leave our listeners with for how to get into that routine of being intentional about working in relaxation exercises into a part of their daily routine. Yeah, absolutely. So realizing that chronic pain is a stressor on our body and it does impact our fight or flight response. It increases that. I always encourage people to spend a little bit more time in that rest, relax, or digest phase. And in order to do that, being very intentional, so scheduling time perhaps, um, to just sit and work on your breathing or to sit and just notice what's going on in your body so that you can use some of the wonderful techniques that um, you've gotten to enhance 
your quality of life. So making a decision that this is going to be a lifestyle practice um, and that you're going to investigate and collect data as to how these different things work for you in your body is a great place to start being curious and willing. Those are such great tips and, and so helpful and practical for our listeners. So thank you again for joining us and spending your time with us today. And for our listeners, we want to encourage you, check out some of the other episodes that we talked about on mindfulness, on pacing, on sleep, to give you some extra tools or additional tools to help you gain mastery over your pain. Again, we want to encourage you to check out those show notes and those great resources. Until next time, be well. Join the Military Meditation Coach podcast to try a variety of meditation and relaxation exercises and engage in fitness for your mind. Each exercise is led by an expert in the military health system. The Military Meditation Coach podcast. Made for the military, but good for everyone.